Christmas shopping. Anybody still got to do a little bit left? You got a little bit more? Wow, they got some procrastinators out there. You better hurry up uh, because the time is coming down quick. Doesn't it feel this year like it's come faster than normal? Is that, you know, I'll feel that way this year too. Maybe it's just because I'm getting older. I don't know, but I'm not that old, but getting older and every day say goes faster and faster. Man, this year has just flown by. I cannot believe it. That it's already Christmas season and it's here. We're excited about that. And again, I just want to welcome you here tonight. I'm Pastor Steve, uh, lead pastor at Bridgeview, and just so, so glad you could be with us here tonight. This is such a special, special night that we get to celebrate Jesus and celebrate his birth and his life and what he did for us uh, so many years ago on the cross. And tonight, uh, we're going to finish off our series. If you've been with us, or if you've not been with us, that's cool. Uh, we've been talking about peace this Christmas so far. Talking about the, the peace that came into the world 2,000 years ago through Jesus Christ. Uh, the peace that is con- every, every year and consistently, peace and, and Christmas are connected, aren't they? We, we know that, that's true, don't we? Uh, peace and Christmas are connected. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7 says, For a child is born to us, a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government, which you are a citizen, if you're a believer, and it's peace, which is the heritage of those citizens, will never end. Someone say hallelujah tonight, and thank Jesus for that truth that he has given us, that he is the Prince of Peace. You know what's so cool about this passage and this truth is that as believers, as Christians tonight, now I am talking, I'll be honest tonight, I'm talking to those of us that are believers tonight. If you're with us here and you are, you've not given your heart to Christ, man, I want to encourage you tonight to consider and let God speak to you because there really is nothing better in all the world than knowing Jesus, right? There's nothing better. And if you want to know what peace is, if you want to know what, who peace is, then you need to know Jesus. You need to know who he is because there's just no one like him. There's nothing like him. That he brings peace. And what's so cool about his peace is that as believers, as Christians, our, it's our opportunity that our lives can be characterized by peace. Characterized by it. But now we also know that there are those people uh, in our lives that seem to be peace stealers, right? You, you know any of those psycho peace stealers? Anyone know a person or a, a boss or a friend or someone just, who just has a way of stealing the peace away out of your life? But raise your hand if you know someone like that. Uh, they may be sitting next to you. That's okay. But if your hand's not raised, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's you. But no, I'm just kidding. But uh, kind of. But, but now why is this? Why, why can we, we can understand as believers that we, are, we can have peace, that we can walk in peace. We can understand that we can understand the concept that God's given us peace. We know for, that peace is a gift that God's given. Uh, we know that, but why can we so easily have peace stolen right out of our hands sometimes? Well, I illustrate with this. I have a little phone here. Uh, Last year, at our staff and board Christmas party, we had a pretty good time. And uh, one of those things we did last year is we had a white elephant gift exchange. Now, I love those. The problem is, is that I generally don't get what I want. 
Maybe because I'm loud and I make whatever I want be what everyone else wants. So, so they just want to get it back at me and take whatever. I don't know what it is. But last year, this was the hot present last year. Now, not this one because Rick actually won the one last year. Thank you a lot, Rick. But this is a different one. But I, I really wanted this. What this is, is it's, a, it's an old school 70s handset, phone handset that you can plug into your cell phone. And you can talk on the phone like you're talking back in the old days, but you're on your cell phone. It's amazing. I really wanted this last year. And so we fought over it during our, our party. Again, I didn't get it. And so my wife, who just is amazing, she went and she bought one for me. The day afterwards, bought one for me and put it in my sucking, sucking, sucking stuffer, which is, which is awesome. So I got this last year. I was really excited about getting this, this present last year. Uh, I was happy about it. I used it on Christmas Day to make a phone call. Uh, not, I mean, not because I had to, because I just, but because I had to try it. So I did that and I put it in a box. And there it sat for the rest of the year. That's, that's where it was. And, and it's funny, my wife pulled this out of my, uh, the box a few days ago. And she goes, hey, Steve, let's, let's re-gift this. Now, some of you guys, if you ever get re-gifts from us, you know the, the cat's out of the bag now. I'm sorry, we, we do that. But um, I said, no way, that's my phone. You can't take my, you can't re-gift that. That's mine. She goes, when have you ever used it? And I said, I've used it. And she said, when? And I was like, well, I used it on Christmas Day last year. She goes, well, when other have you used it? Well, to be honest with you, not once since Christmas Day have I used this phone. But I had to have it. It was a gift. It was given to me. Here's the deal, though, is that I actually forgot about this thing. And until she pulls it out, I, I forgot, which thankfully she did because now I have a good illustration tonight. But uh, she pulls it out of the thing. I forgot I had it. See, a lot of us, when it comes to peace in our lives, that peace that God's given as a gift to us, we know we have it. When we hear about it, we know we have it. But yet, so often, we put it in a box someplace. We put it, tuck it some ways away from us. And we, we tend to forget that we are a possessor, the possessors of peace. Because we don't live and operate and walk in peace the rest of the year. And again, so we can, we can, we can grasp peace theoretically, but we can forget we have it or seem to continue to lose it when we don't use the peace that God's given us. Open your Bibles tonight, if you would, to Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 tonight. And uh, it's, it's a great passage of Scripture, Matthew 5, 9. Not one you usually hear at Christmas time, but today you're going to because I'm preaching. And, uh, but uh, Ma- Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, this is the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are awesome. God is, uh, is an amazing God who has provided for us some incredible knowledge in how to live life. The Beatitudes are one of those areas. The Beatitudes, uh, Jesus challenges his followers here to live a more excellent life. He says things like, the meek will inherit the earth. He says things like, hunger, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they'll be filled. It says, if you, if you live in mercy, you'll be shown mercy. Uh, speaking of mercy, today, I, I went and fought my, if you were with us a few weeks ago, I went and fought my, uh, my, my, my speeding ticket today, and I sat down in front of the judge, and I said, please, judge, have mercy on me. And, uh, you know, I was just pleading with the judge. I got mercy. They were kind to me today, which is pretty wonderful. Uh, this, this is a, a passage here. This is a promise. Man, live in mercy. You'll be shown mercy in, in your life as well. Let me come to this passage, Matthew 5, 9. Where it says here, blessed are the peacemakers. Everyone say that today, peacemakers. Blessed are the 
peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Christian peacemaking is a high calling from God. Do you realize that as a believer, you have the authority to go into a situation, to go into difficult times when when there is no peace, you have the authority given by God to go there and to make peace happen. See, often what we see in culture as peacemaking is actually nothing more than peacekeeping. There's a difference between peacekeeping and peacemaking. Uh, the, The reality is, is that often in our culture, people believe that if I avoid conflict, that's how we'll have peace. If I just avoid conflict, then we'll find that there is, uh, we're, we're peacemaking. And that's not the way it works because every truce that's ever been made in our history has been broken, right? Every time somebody has tried to make peace in our culture by just trying to get rid of conflict, finds that they're trying to keep peace, but you can't keep something that you don't have to begin with. The tension is still there, and for some of us, we're going to find this tomorrow at Christmas with our families, tomorrow or Sunday. You're going to walk into your grandma's house, or your mom's house, or your aunt's, or your brother or sister, or whatever else, and you may be tempted, or you may have that person there who is going to be trying to keep peace. And you know that it just isn't possible. It's not going to happen. So you kind of laugh at them because they're trying to keep peace. But we're happy, right? We're, we're happy. We're just going to all smile and get through the holidays. That's what people say. What a sad thing. Because this is the time of the year that we get to celebrate that peace is on earth. That God blessed us with that. What a blessing that is. Peacekeeping doesn't work. See, what a, what a peacemaker does is a little different. A peacemaker embraces and deals and prays through life to make peace. A peacemaker embraces, embraces the stuff, deals with it, and prays through it to make peace. Peacemakers introduce truth that's helpful in a place that's ruled with lies. A peacemaker goes in a situation where there is difficulty or there's struggle or there is, there is a situation that is as a result of, of, of not living the way God would call us to live, there's not peace. A peacemaker walks in that situation and introduces peace or truth that's helpful in that situation to bring peace. Most importantly, peacemakers shine the light of Jesus in a dark place and his light brings peace. It always has it always will, and it's, 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 a, it's an amazing truth that we have tonight. Check out today, if you would, Romans chapter 12, verses 17, 18, and 21. And 17 says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, Christian, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not overcome but do not be overcome by evil. Don't, don't stoop to their level. But overcome evil with good. What that's telling us is that as far as it depends upon us, we are called to live, give, and make peace. But the truth tonight is this, is that you've been given the gift of peace, and the, and the gift of peace is best enjoyed when invested. James chapter 3, verses 17 through 18 says this. It says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven... It's first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. 
Imagine if you, your home looked like that, right? It'd be pretty, pretty amazing, wouldn't it? Imagine if your home looked like that, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial and sincere. You know that if you lived like that, peace would be in your home. Verse 18, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Tonight, I want to give you three things, three areas that you can sow in peace. Now, I'm going to guarantee you tonight that, uh, you know, just because of the situation and the, the, the year and Christmas time and such, you are going to get a chance to practice one of these three things this year. It's, it's going to happen. You are going to have a chance to practice one of, or two or all three of these things this Christmas. So I want to encourage you, if you want to be, make peace, take notes tonight. The first one today is tell the truth in love. Ephesians 4.15 says, Instead, speaking the truth in love will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Now, truth in love there is an important thing, right? So we've heard this before. If you've been around the church very long, you know that you've heard we're supposed to speak truth in love. Now, here's the deal, though, is that in many cases, we use one or one of these, but not both of these. We, we have one foot on truth or one foot on love, but not a foot on both areas. And I want to say today that both of these things, connected and working together, is the way you bring peace. If you don't have, if you don't have truth, but you have a lot of love but no truth, you'll be a sappy, hot mess. Okay, let's just be honest. You know, you are going to be uh, run over. You are going to be, uh, you'll be that person, you know, and you know what I'm talking about. You're, you're, you're loving and you're kind and you're wonderful, but you have no truth to give. So as a result of that, you're going to be a mess. It's just going to happen. Uh, you won't make peace. You'll try to keep it. Remember, you can't keep what you don't have. But now on the other side, if you don't have any love, you have a whole lot of truth but no love, you will be as what the Bible says, you will be a clinging symbol who is clinging in the winds, who is a piece of metal that uh, is kind of annoying and doesn't, kind of makes a sound but doesn't do anybody any good and isn't really helpful, just kind of doing its thing in the wind, but it's not making a difference. We have believers on both sides of those fences, don't we, in our world nowadays. We have some Christians who are full of love but don't have truth. And so as a result of that, when they try to, to, to change a situation, they try to be in a situation to bring peace, what they find is they are struggling through a difficult season. On the flip side, we have people that have a whole lot of truth and, and are given good truth, but there's no love in their eyes. There's no love in their hearts. There's no love for the other person that they're sharing, they're sharing truth with. And, and, and frankly, living like one of these two areas is not going to be helpful whatsoever. The, pe- the church needs people who understand how to pull from both of these areas in their lives. If they're going to make peace happen. Now, now often we learn to live like this in our families. So this is free tonight. Um, if you're in a situation in your family when, you know, your kids are screaming or whatever else, uh, or, or crying, or there's situations like that, tell the truth during non-conflict times. So, for instance, if you bought your wife a, a dishwasher for Christmas this year, uh, and she's throwing her shoes at you because she's angry, uh, that's not a great time to tell the truth in love. It just isn't. Be wise about, about things. You know, be smart. Uh, number two, attack 
the situation, not the person. Again, we'll kind of go to the other side here. You know, if you've got men, this is, you know, real in my life. If you left your socks on the floor again, uh, wives, you know, don't yell at your husband. Say you cotton-headed nitty-mungans. That's from Elf, if you don't know. Uh, you know, you, you knucklehead, what are you thinking? I can't believe that you do this again. Get your socks off the floor. Living like that doesn't bring peace. As believers, we have to be smart about bringing peace. Number two tonight is apologize when you're wrong. That's a hard one, isn't it? Be honest tonight. That's a hard one. Apologize when you're wrong. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you will, be, you will be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. What would our relationships, our homes, our workplaces, our family Christmas table be like this year if we lived like this? If we apologized when we're wrong? Now, if this wasn't so hard, we would do this. It's, it's hard. It's challenging. So here's a little bit of, of help in this area. Uh, to do this, you got to admit to actions without excuses. You know, sorry I dropped your cat from the roof because I wanted to do a science project is not a good way to do this situation, you know? Uh, it's probably a good idea because let's, cause cats are whatever, but, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, that's not how you do things. Admit to actions without excuses. I'm sorry for what I did. You don't need to add excuses in there. Just say, I'm sorry. Number two is remorse isn't complete without repentance. I'm sorry isn't finished. The job is not finished unless, you, unless I'm sorry is also connected with repentance. Now I want to pause here for a second. If we could, let's just focus as much as possible on this kid's crying stuff. But this is really important tonight. You might be here tonight, and, and this is an area that you need to work with God on in your life. You have discovered and you have found that there is no peace in your life this Christmas. There's no peace, and you are in a situation where you, you hear about peace, talked about, you, you, you want it, you hope that you can have it, but you know you don't have it. And I submit to you that it might be because you are walking in your life that is not in a way that pleases God, you're not a believer, or you are a believer, but you're walking in sin. I'm sorry isn't good enough without being connected with repentance. God, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry for making that decision. I'm sorry, Lord, for doing that. God is an infinitely gracious and wonderful and good God who is careful and just to forgive us, as the word says, and clean us from all of our unrighteousness. He is there to forgive us. But he won't forgive us if we don't ask for it. And, and, and just asking for it is, is, is good, but it also takes turning. It takes repentance. Man, it, it would be so much better if, if, if our, our lives and our relationships were, were connected with the idea that, man, I'm sorry for what I've done, and will you forgive me, and I want to do this better, and I want to do this differently. The last one tonight is, is less challenges to, is to live redemptively. Now, I've got glasses, as you can see. I've had them since I was in fourth grade. And uh, my glasses often get dirty, as if you have glasses, it's the, 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 the consistent problem. Your, your glasses get dirty, and everything you see through dirty glasses looks dirty, doesn't it? 
And, and when you pull your glasses off and clean them, it's like the whole world changes before your eyes. It's pretty amazing. If you don't have glasses, you need to try it. It's awesome. No, I'm just kidding. It's terrible. But uh, uh, no, glasses are, you know, everything you see through glasses, it changes the world around you. When you see, if your glasses are, are, are dark, if you have the transitions lenses, when you walk into a, a building and they haven't quite transitioned yet, you see darkly. If you're wearing green sunglasses or red sunglasses or blue ones or purple ones, uh, the world will look like that color, won't it? It changes how you see things around you. If you will challenge, uh, check out this scripture tonight, uh, Colossians 4 5 through 6, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Again, this is a call to believers. If you're not a believer tonight, you'll be, you're, you'll be thankful for this passage, right? Uh, be wise in how you deal with outsiders. This is Paul saying, be wise in how you deal with non-Christians. Be wise with this. He says, make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, always seasoned with salt, so that you may have an answer for everyone. Tonight, church, at home, make the most of it. When you're at the store, make the most of every opportunity. When you have an argument with your coworker, maybe this is not your chance to get ahead. Maybe it's your chance to show them that Christ is working and alive in you and saying, I'm sorry for what I've done, and showing them that what's more important to me is not being right or not winning the argument, but what's more important to me is that you would know the peace that God gives. And that's how I see the world around me. I want to live redemptively, looking for ways to bring Jesus to the world. Man, if we, this Christmas, looked for ways to bring Jesus to the world, if we looked for ways to bring Jesus Christ to our family gatherings, to our, our, our places where we work, to our friendships, to every part of every place Everywhere we go, if we said, God, my aim, my focus, everything I see is through these glasses that I want to bring Christ to this world. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. If he is brought to the world, if people can see him and people can give their hearts and their lives to him, peace will come to this planet. It won't come by treaties. It won't come by just trying to do better. Peace will come when Jesus Christ is introduced to the world. If you are living a a life where there is no peace, I want to encourage you to begin to, 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 to understand your call is to live redemptively, but also to remember that Jesus Christ is the one that brings peace. And the the word says that those who are peacemakers, they will be blessed. They'll be called, the Bible says, the sons of God. Uh, you, you put these into practice in your life this year. You are going to see and you are going to discover that you will see peace happen within your life. And the truth tonight is that you need God's help with this, don't you? I want you to encourage you tonight. Let's, let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes tonight for a few moments as we just take some time with the Lord tonight and just reflecting and allowing him to to pour peace into our lives tonight. And I recognize tonight that there's all kinds of people here tonight. Some of you are in this place tonight, and you are 
are frankly, you are in good shape. Things are, are wonderful and things are good in your life. And I'm, I'm so happy that you're here tonight. My prayer for you, my encouragement for you tonight is you begin to pray that God would, would introduce peace to people tonight. Because I also know there's people here tonight that are without peace. You are without peace in your life. That you are in a situation where there is no peace. And my challenge for you tonight is this. If you're heads bowed, eyes closed, no looking around tonight. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I have never given my heart to Jesus. So when you talk about peace and you talk about the, the peace that God gives, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not tracking with you tonight. And I want to ask you tonight a question. Will you consider Jesus? Will you consider giving your life to him? It is the greatest decision you could ever make. It is the greatest choice that you could ever make in your life. The word says that he brings peace. If you have not had peace in your life, I submit to you that the, the potential, the reason why, is you do not have the peacemaker, the peace giver, living and active and working in your life. But you can so tonight, I want to ask you, will you consider giving your life to him? I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that once you do that, it'll be peaches and cream and always be easy and never have a problem again in your life and, and such. That's not, the, that's not the truth tonight. The reality is, is that Jesus comes into our lives, cleans us up, changes us, turns us around, consistently and continually changes us, so that we do things and act in ways that are more peaceful, that bring peace into our lives. And so tonight, if that's you, and you say, that's me, but I want to tonight, I want to encourage you to raise your hand and cross this room tonight. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around tonight. We're going to pray in a minute tonight, and if that's you, say, man, that's me, Pastor. I want to give my heart to Christ. I need to. I have lived in sin, I have lived and done some things I'm not proud of. I, I know that those things that I've done have caused me not to have peace, but tonight I want it. If that's you, put your hand in the air. We have a couple hands. Anybody else tonight? That's me. Five more seconds and we're gonna close in prayer. Five, four, three, two, one. Hands down. Heads bowed, eyes closed tonight. If you raise your hands or tonight, even if you didn't raise your hands, but you still said, I, I'd like to give my heart to Christ, I'm going to pray a prayer right now, and I want you to repeat after me. Now, this is not how you always pray, uh, but I want to give you an example of how to pray, and then the rest of the church, too, we're going to also repeat tonight as well. So all of us are going to pray together tonight, and if you are here and you want to give your heart to Christ, what I want to ask you to do is I want to ask you to pray this prayer, but, but mean it tonight. Say, God, I, I mean this. This is what I want for my life. And if you would pray this prayer and say, that's, that's me, I, I mean this, I want to give my heart to Christ, I, I, I beg you tonight, come grab myself, come grab me tonight. You know, I want to talk to you tonight. I want to help you tonight because I'm telling you, I'm taking my, my pastor hat off. And putting on my, my, my just everyday person hat. Living for Christ is the greatest decision that I have ever made. Let's pray tonight and ask him into our hearts. Lord Jesus, I love you. 
I give you my life. I recognize tonight that I am sinful, that I have messed up, and I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Will you clean me up? From this day forward, I promise to be different. I give you my future, my dreams, and my plans. Do with me as you would, Jesus. I dedicate my life to you tonight, to following you. In Jesus' name. 